If you have your copy of the owner's manual for the believer, your Bible, would you turn it to Romans chapter 8? Maybe. There we go. Verses 1 to 9 and then verse 28. I will be with you in a moment. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And then verse 28. And we know that, all, that all, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the goodness that you are to us. Thank you for the grace that you give to us. Help us that we might grow today and learn to live in a life of no condemnation that we can live in your grace and abound in your love. We pray in Christ's name, amen. One of the greatest obstacles that I have seen over the 46 years that I full-time pastored was the fact that believers in Christ, and I'm talking about us who know Jesus as our Savior, believers in Christ struggle with past guilt and disappointment, which we call shame. We struggle there because Satan reminds us of it all the time. I know what you did last year. I know what you did when you were a teenager. I know, I know, I know. 
and he points out our shame and our failures and everything else. But instead of living in victory of Christ's salvation in our lives, we choose to have low self-esteem or wallow in self-pity, and we live our lives in a rut. Well, what's a rut? I'm glad you asked. A rut is a, is a grave with the ends kicked out. We keep going in that same path. We never look up. We never have an opportunity to step out when all we have to do, uh, a rut is uh, just a, a low-lying place in the road, and it, it's easy for us to just step aside and walk in a different path. The Apostle Paul starts Romans 8 with the word, therefore, in the New American Standard Bible, and it's the Greek word, ara, so then, so then, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's referring back to Romans 7 of the struggle that he has with sin. His dilemma was whenever he would intend to do good, evil was present. The good that he would do, he didn't do. And many times the evil that he wouldn't do, he did. He was fighting against his own spirit in his mind. Paul battled the spirit against the flesh, and so it is with us today. So today I want us to look at reasons why there is no condemnation who, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is unresolved anger. It's suffering is not condemnation. And then I want to look, how do we overcome our guilt and shame and disappointment? First of all, Condemnation is unresolved anger. I'm getting used to this. Ron, can you put up verse 1 and 2? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. When we allow our emotions and unresolved anger over past failures and sin to override God's sovereign word, we fail to see his forgiveness. And when we invite Jesus into our hearts to be our Savior and Lord, Christ's forgiveness completely, he completely cleanses us from our sins and removes all condemnation. Amen? Amen. Therefore, there is no guilt. There is no shame which translates uh, disappointment in us. We miss Jesus telling us that we are forgiven and there is no condemnation in us. Psalms gives us uh, a new uh, understanding of that in Psalm uh, 103, uh, 11 and 12. This is not working for me. Ron, can you put up Psalm 103? Verse 11 and 12 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards us, those who fear him. 
as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So when we think of that, with sin gone, we can choose to have our focus on the things that build us up and not tear down. Our mindset changes, and that's what I want to talk about today. It's the set of our mind that makes a difference in our life, how we grow, how we learn, how we allow God to apply his word in our lives, how he gives us from thinking of the flesh to the spirit. In other words, our thought process changes because our actions change. We ask God, God, can you save me from myself? And the answer is yes. Can you take away jealousy and hate and uncertainty? Uncertainty. The answer is yes. Because Psalms 25, 1 through 5, gives us that understanding. Ron, give me uh, (laughs) Psalms 25, please. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, O my God. In you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. God is so good to us. He helps us. I heard a pastor say a few weeks ago, Marty, it wasn't you, it was another pastor, but he, but he was just as, almost as good. And he said, forget about the past that you have no control over. Forget about the past that you have no control over. Live for the day. God wants us to live in the now. He wants us to live fresh today in what he's given us because he's got good, good things for us to know and understand and rely on and, and, and find the faith that he gives to us. Because with a new mindset, we can choose how we will respond to what people say to us. We can choose what we say and what we do in response to them. We need to rest in the fact of verse 2. It says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So the question is, If we're not feeling condemnation, what are we feeling? You ask good questions. What we're feeling is conviction. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. He leads, he guides, he teaches, he seals. He convicts us in our lives who have placed their trust in Christ. The Holy Spirit reminds us of a covenant relationship that we have with the Father. So then when we sin, and we will, the Holy Spirit reminds us that our close relationship with God is strained, and he convicts us to get back in right relationship with him. In Christ, we never lose our standing with God. You have been sealed to the day of redemption by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit lives in you, 
and we never lose our standing. What we have is a strained relationship. And God uses the Holy Spirit to convict us to get back and right with him so that he can bless us. I, always, I had a friend who always signed his letters in his grip. John 10, 27 through 30 helps us understand it. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my father's hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. The beauty of that is you can't be snatched out and we can't jump out. God has his grip on us for eternity. You know what a living trust is? Uh, as, as you get older, you might put your things in order. A living trust is a will that never dies. People who are called trustees make up a trust, and they put their estate in it, and when they die, the living trust passes to their heirs. It doesn't go through a legal process called probate. It's not taxed, but it lives on and on. When you live in the spirit of Jesus Christ... In the forgiveness of sin, your soul never dies. It is never separated from God in his spirit. So why, why would we want to live in bondage and have your life on hold and cause you to feel angry and condemned all the time? Repentance then is an agreement with God who breaks the power of death over us. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, happiness is not in what we have, but happiness is in who we are. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 tells us, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, here's where the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Here's where the Holy Spirit makes a difference in us in our mindset of what we choose to believe. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there are any, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and have received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God God of peace will be with you. The God of what? The God of peace 
will be with us. He will help us. He will grow us. It's a new mindset. We can choose to be one with God. We can choose to be content in him. We can choose to feel no guilt because as far as the east is from the rest, he hit west, he has removed our guilt and our disappointment and our shame. Amen? So if there is no guilt and shame, we can live on life on purpose. The second thing is suffering is not condemnation. Uh, look at uh, verses 4, 5, and 6. It's 5 and 6. I want to read 4 to you. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it can not. So when we, when we think about that, salvation works where sin begins, not where it ends. He gives us the ability. We need to have the right kind of thinking. It's called a mindset. What and how you think determines the choices you make. With a new life in Christ, there's a change in us and we begin to grow spiritually. Sin's power has been broken in us and we, we learn to walk in a new way. Suffering, then, is the byproduct of spiritual growth. This is why I've taught my children that good choices bring good consequences and bad choices bring bad consequences. You choose. The setting of your mind on the spirit is living in the now and for today. Listening to his voice in the word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trials then teach us to rely on God, to rely on him for his comfort. He comes to us in, in forgiveness by grace. Have you ever pulled weeds or, or gone to the gym or worked out? What happens the next day? We're sore, you know, our muscles. Uh, spiritual growth is like that. When we learn and grow and we read God's word and, and, and we struggle with some of the things that God says to us till we stay there long enough to figure it out, when the Holy Spirit gives us clarity so that we can understand it, we, we come to know that sometimes in this process, well, not sometimes, a lot of the times, we, we suffer. We suffer. But it, not, it must not be confused. Spiritual growth must not be confused with condemnation because suffering is not condemnation. Suffering is what we do when we grow in God's grace. Uh, I, watch, I used to watch I Love Lucy all the time. And, and I remember the, the, the day they did the one where she's in the wine vat and she's stomping grapes. And uh, it, the word for suffering is the word for pressing of grapes. So when you suffer the grapes, that is what is called you make wine or grape juice. You're laughing and your feet are turning purple. But if the grapes had a voice, 
they would be screaming. Our old sin nature is being pressed out of our lives as we grow in Christ. It is painful. Someone said, without crushing of the rose, you do not get perfume. Suffering in our life is designed by God to build us in godly character. So when you're irritated, let Jesus have the irritation. Live like you're saved. Have the mindset that chooses Christ. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. We have a choice. We have a choice of what we think. We have a choice of how we act. And God gives us opportunities. <clears throat> yes, there are consequences for our past sins and failures that you may not forget. But there is no condemnation in them because Christ forgave you. And if he's forgiven you, who are we not to forgive ourselves? In God's mind, they're gone. As hard as it may be, we need not to dwell there. Jesus forgave you, and in Christ, you need to forgive yourself and move on. Amen? Amen. Dwelling in the past sins and failure says that God is not able to forgive. Oh, pastor, you don't know. You don't know what I have done. No, I don't. But I know what I did. And I know that God's grace is greater than what I did. Because I confessed my sin, because I trusted God, he is my Savior and Lord, and he's the one that makes me complete and have peace with him. When we do not allow God to remove our condemnation, we say that we are bigger than God's grace to do that. And that's a terrible place to be. There are opportunities that come from suffering that reminds us that we can make good choices. In Romans 5, chapter, in Romans chapter 5, Paul says this in, in verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that's pronounced not guilty, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's important to know that you and I are in two battles at the same time. One is spiritual, the other is physical. The spiritual is a battle between God and Satan over our soul. The devil doesn't want you to trust God. He doesn't want you to be content and happy and have peace. He, wants, he doesn't want us to have a personal relationship with God. 
So when we do trust God as our Savior and Lord, he tries to keep us from growing spiritually by reminding us of our past so that we do not live in the present. If you are focused on the past, you can't live in the now. And the now is where God is and he wants to be with you. It's not last week or last month. He knows, God knows that if your mind, or Satan knows that if your mindset is on past failures and behavior, you don't concentrate on today and your witness doesn't have the effect it needs to be. And that's the spiritual aspect. The physical aspect or the mental battle is a choice. We decide, not the devil. Flip Wilson lied. The devil made me do it. The devil can't make you do anything. All sin and wrongdoing begins with a thought. Thoughts lead to action. Actions have consequences. Let me illustrate. I walk into the house and I smell cookies. I bet they're good. That's my first thought. Maybe I can have one or two. I walk into the kitchen and reach for one and hear, those cookies aren't for you. Here's my thought. My kitchen, <laughs> my ingredients, my cookie. Pretty good thought, right? No. Although it's not a sin against God, it is a violation of what my, said, my wife said they were made for. So, you know, we, we need to have the right kind of thinking because wrong thinking leads to wrong choices. Many of us have a DRPDA. Let me say that again. That's a DRPDA, a dirty, rotten, pooty-doo attitude. That's what I call stinking thinking. And when you think wrong, you're going to act wrong. Because all sin and all righteousness begins with a thought. And when we have stinking thinking, it's called idolatry. We say, if I do this thing, have you ever said, if I do this, God will forgive me? Don't raise your hand. I've actually said that before. And it's true. But when I have to pay the consequences, I claim I've been fouled. It's interesting. Wrong thinking is idolatry because if we walk after the flesh and not after the spirit, it's a choice. We're saying to God, I know that you have saved me, but, and that's where we go wrong. Walking after the flesh says, God cannot remove my past failures. And what we are doing, we're saying to God, my past performances and misbehavior are too big for you, God, to forgive me. And when we do say this, that he is not God, we become God in his place. We don't want to, but our, our actions say that we want to stay burdened down and not get past our failures. And we also violate the first commandment. In Exodus 20, it says, Thou shall have no other gods before me. And when we let our past failures and our past sins continue to be in us, we violate the fact that God says, I am God, not your past, not your failures, not anything that's happened in the past. I am the God 
who saved you. C.J. Mahaney, you have a quote in your bulletin. Uh, I, I quoted three or four guys, and C.J. Mahaney says this. Don't buy the lie that, cultivate, that cultivating condemnation and wallowing in your shame is somehow pleasing to God. Or that a constant low-grade guilt will somehow promote holiness and spiritual maturity. It's just the opposite. God is glorified when we believe with all of our hearts that those who trust in Christ can be, never be condemned. It's only when we receive, we receive his free gift of grace and live in the good of total forgiveness that we are able to turn from the old sinful ways and living and walk in grace-motivated behavior. This is what God wants. He wants us to live for today. He wants us to live in the now. He wants us to be able to have the love that he has given to us and use it in a way that brings him glory. I ran across this uh, story years ago. Um, it's a man who had a, uh, a farm and, and a wired hair terrier. And through a series of mishaps, he relates how in life many things happen to us. Some of these events in our lives are self-inflicted by our own choices. And other life experiences happen upon us that allow God to build and shape us into the man or woman of God that brings glory to mature us in Christ. Jim says, my wife and I live on a small farm. We have some animals and grow some crops. A friend of mine said that we needed a farm dog and gave us not what we thought, but a wired hair terrier. Can you picture a farm and a wired hair terrier instead of a sheep dog or a lab or something else? All small dogs think they're big dogs. And this dog thought he was a big dog and acted like one. One day while we were walking around the barn, he noticed something near the side of the barn and went to investigate. I saw that it was a snake and tried to call him away, but a big dog and protector of the place. He barked and charged the snake and ended up nose to nose with a snake. And you know, he was bitten right on the end of the nose, which smelled, swelled and immediately blocked his vision and he ran into the barn. I retrieved him and a large vet bill later in some days, he was once again protecting the farm. You would think that he learned his lesson. Not long after that, some raccoons were invading the garbage cans at night and he got after them, which resulted in the loss of his right ear. Another day, while I was using my tractor and brush hog to clear some uh, weeds around the barn, he was running around and barking and barking in the machinery, and he got too close and whoop, went right through, shot out the other side. Any other animal would have died, but not him. He looked like a puffball, tattered all over with patches, hair missing all over, lost his right eye and had to have his left leg amputated. But once again, he survived. One day, he got too close to the roadway, wandered into traffic, and hit, was, it was hit by a car which shot him into the fast lane where he was hit the second time. 
No, he didn't die. We patched him up again. And sometime later, he kind of disappeared. So we posted this sign, lost dog, lost brown-haired terrier, blind in one eye, missing one ear, one leg, recently neutered, and goes by the name of Lucky. <laughs> if found, please turn to Jim Brown. I tell you this story because Lucky had a master that loved him. And we have a master that loves us. Some of our eyes don't work too good. Some of our ears, we have trouble. Some of our limbs don't get us around the way we should. But God loves us more than we can ever imagine. And so it's important that we realize the greatness of God's love and how he works in our life. So condemnation is unresolved anger. Suffering is not condemnation. But how do we overcome? How do we overcome guilt and shame? 1 Corinthians 10.13 gives us an understanding of this. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with a temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. We overcome guilt and shame by choosing to allow God help our mindset. As I said before, wrong thinking leads to wrong choices. Refusing to have the right kind of spirit in thinking is idolatry. Allowing worldly standards and mindsets to have control over one who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Proverbs reminds me in 23.7. It says, in my paraphrase, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Satan is always reminding us about our past. Jesus stands before God on our behalf, saying to the Father, I died for those sins. One quote I like from Dr. Tim Keller says this, God sent Jesus to live the life we could not live and die the death we couldn't die. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, behold, all is become new. We fight the old man. We, we fight the thoughts of our past. But God has forgiven our past. We have a new life in Christ. We don't have to go back to the past. We can live in the now and the present. We can live and bask in the glory of God. Because Satan is always reminding of our past. And God has provided a way for us to overcome our past. Well, in Romans 8, Verses 6 through 9, we're reminded again. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, 
but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ doesn't belong to him. So what do we do? We confess our past. We bring it to God and say, God, I've had stinking thinking. I've, I've had a dirty, rotten, pooty-doo attitude, and I'm not living the way I should do. So, so how do I take my, my thoughts captive? What, what do I do? Second uh, uh, Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, gives us the answer. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not wagering war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We are destroying arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So what do I do? Well, I do what the scripture tells me to do. I take my thought captives to the cross and say, Jesus, you take these thoughts of mine. I want to be obedient to you. Since these kinds of thoughts are not in obedience with you, what you have for your children of forgiveness, I give them to you. And this is one way to walk in the spirit. When you do, you'll experience victory and your life will begin to take on purpose. You will find true healing and experience no condemnation. But you say, Pastor Ed, you don't understand my hurt. I don't. I don't understand your hurt. I can come alongside with you and pray with you and encourage you, but I will really not understand it. But let me tell you the freedom and joy of being forgiven of your past. God's blessings and promises are new every morning. You won't forget your past mistakes. And yes, there are consequences, but it's not condemnation. And since there is no condemnation, there is no guilt, there's no shame, there's no disappointment. Because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We need to understand what God is doing in our life. Guilt and shame become, can become a stronghold in our minds that keeps us away from God's forgiveness. It's so important. Uh, I'm reminded of a fellow who wanted to own a Rolls Royce Silver Shadow. He finally got to the place where he could go and buy one and he went over to Europe and, and he bought his car and he drove the Autobahn with it. How neat it is to go 160 miles an hour in a Rolls Royce on the Autobahn. What a thrill he had in doing it. So he comes back to, to West Sussex, England and, and this was on a Friday and on a Saturday he says, I'd like to do that again. 
So he goes out to his car and he puts the key in the ignition and he tries to start it and it doesn't start. Well, in the Rolls-Royce on the dash, there, there's a 1-800 number. If you have any problems, call us. So he calls Rolls-Royce and they said, Son will be, someone will be there in, in a few minutes. And within an hour, a helicopter lands in the parking lot Mechanic gets out, fixes the Rolls-Royce. He gets in and starts, he drives the Autobahn. And then he, he says to the mechanic before he leaves, well, how much do I owe you? He said, oh, they'll send you a bill. So he comes back to the United States and months pass and he gets no bill. And so he, he, he writes to Rolls-Royce and says, I was in Sussex, England on such and such a day and my car didn't start. You sent a mechanic and they fixed it and, uh, you know, uh, I haven't got a bill. He gets a letter back from Rolls-Royce that says, Dear Sir, we at Rolls-Royce have no record of any failure in one of our automobiles. Dear Christian, God says, I have no record of you who are in Christ that have any failure in your life. If you have trusted me as your savior, I have forgiven you. And as far as the east is from the west, I remember your sins no more. So beloved, let us not remember our sins anymore. God gives us the ability to grow in his grace. And in, in, Roman, uh, in Ephesians 4, verses 21 to 24, says this. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God into in true righteousness and holiness if any man's in Christ or any woman we are new creations all things have passed away let them die let them die New life has begun. We need to live in that new life. We need to allow God to keep refreshing our mind of how much he loves us and how precious we are to him. Romans 8, 28. Very familiar passage of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Hey, Rocky, I used my blue letter Bible the other day and, and I looked at this verse and I wanted to understand what it means. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who, called, who are called according to his purpose. The word called is the word, Greek word kletos, and it means divinely called to his banquet. And the word for purpose 
means proethes, setting forth a thing, placing of it in view. Like the showbread that was in the temple placed before God's view in the Old Testament. Like us who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, God keeps us in his view every minute of every day because we are precious in his sight. He has redeemed us to live life on purpose. I want to read to you what a friend of mine gave me in a, in a daily devotion of this passage. Here we discover the power of God's grace and its impact along our journey. Marriages, neighborhoods, the workplace, our communities are in trouble, not because of God's grace, but because of our sinful nature. Christ Jesus gives us the freedom of a new nature, being a new creation, created without condemnation or cursing or lying or self-centeredness. In God's grace, we find ourselves being refreshed each day in how we feel and how we think. So today, you may find great joy in knowing that his grace gives you the freedom to celebrate your life and the truth of God's love for you. Praise and thanksgiving will come naturally to you, and you will see your life in the eyes and the ears of God. So Christian, give your guilt, give your disappointments to God today. Live life on purpose for him. Maybe you're here today and you've not asked Jesus to be your savior. Maybe you're still struggling with with your sins and your guilt and your shame. You can give that to God today. Just as we believers this morning, if we haven't done giving our guilt and our past to God, we need to give it to him today. If you are here without Christ today, you need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to ask and and tell him that you are a sinner and you're sorry that you're a sinner and that you want to beg him to forgive you. And you don't have to beg because if you ask, if you confess, if you repent, Jesus will come into your heart and he will give you eternal life and all your past sins and failures will be erased. Beloved, Live for today, for there is now, so then, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you to know that as we fight the old man, as we fight the flesh, as we struggle with things that come into our lives, as we are reminded of past sins and failures, that you have overcome that. You have given us eternal life since we have trusted in you. You have given us peace to be able to live for today and not live in the past, to live in the now. Thank you 
for dying on the cross to take our sins away. Thank you for giving us eternal hope and joy. Thank you for for being able to bask in your presence knowing that you love us more than we can ever imagine. For we pray in Christ's name, amen.